Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. It's Friday, that can only mean one thing. It's Legends of Sports Friday. It's Andy Bernstein. Hey Andy, how are you? I'm great, Arash. Really great. Good to see you, pal. You too. Um, this one is one of my all-time favorites because Pau Gasol is one of my all-time favorites. I mean, I, I, I sometimes guess he could get asked, and I'm sure you're the same way. You know, who's the nicest player that you've covered? <laughs> and, I, and I and I'm and I'm sure it's a it's a long list, but the the but the one name that's always at the top of that list is Pau Gasol. Just a genuinely nice human being. Um, Again, very lucky that he came to Los Angeles when he did. Um, but again, you, you guys have a very good relationship as well. Uh, talk about uh, about Powell and, again, the connection that you two have. Well, you're right, man. It's, a, it's kind of a short list, really, um, of the nicest guys <laughs> that we're working with. Powell is definitely – he's got to either be one or one A. Um, <laughs> and the guy is like – He's genuinely just a good person. Um, I think, it, honestly, and I would tell him this if he was sitting here, I think he's a little too humble, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, because he, people don't give him enough credit for what a ferocious competitor he actually, he was before he came to the Lakers. Yeah. But, you know, having played with Kobe and being around Kobe and Kobe's work ethic and everything else, um, just ratcheted that up even more. I mean, pal talks about that openly. Um, in fact, in the forward to our Mamba Mentality book that Kobe and I did, um, how the headline of Pow's forward was, um, on such and such a date, the date he was traded, uh, my life changed forever. <laughs> yeah, no. So, you know, um, that goes to show you what it was just a wonderfully genuine, genuine guy. And so thrilled to have been there as you were when the Lakers retired his jersey. Yeah. Um, I'll be there in, in August when uh, he's enshrined into the Naismith Basketball Hall mm. of Fame. I mean, what a crowning achievement for an incredible athlete in person. When people talk about great tandems that they've had in Los Angeles, of course, they talk about Kareem and Magic and Kobe and Shaq and LeBron and AD now. Sometimes I, I think we forget about Kobe Powell because you you say Kobe Shaq. Um, you you covered both of them. I mean, again, Shaq was this over the top gregarious per- personality. If you can, because they were both amazing in their own right. Kobe Powell versus Kobe Shaq, I guess. Mm. Oh boy, that's a tough one. I mean. You know, with Kobe and Shaq, it was always, uh, you know, who, who's the who's the big dog? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, of course, of course, Shaq was, you know, physically the big dog, <laughs> but um, there was that sort of ego, you know, power play going, not from the beginning, quite frankly, but I think after they won their second championship that we all sensed that there was, there was definitely something going on with these guys. Um, unfortunately, they, you know, it just, it tore them apart. Um, who knows how many championships they could have won, right? Yeah. Um, with Kobe and Powell, it wasn't like that. I mean, by that point, when Powell came to the team, I think it was 2000, was it 2007 or six? 2008. It was the 2007 oh, season. Yeah, 2008 season. So when, when Powell came mid-season, I mean, first of all, he's an established star already uh, in Memphis. But Kobe knew that he needed he needed a guy. He yeah. needed somebody that um, could help share the load, quite frankly. And, you know, their personalities were different, right? But on the court, they they had the same vision. They were both winners, and they both yeah. wanted to win, and they wanted to win together. And both of them had said, and I think Pau said it in his retirement speech, that, you know, he wouldn't have won either championship in 2009 or 10 without Kobe and Kobe wouldn't have done that either. So they were a terrific tandem. There was a sort of um, sixth sense of when they were both on the court about how to, how to just play together and, and maximize the talent and then maximize the talent of those around them. Um, you know, we don't even call them role players, the guys who helped win those two championships. And, and the other thing I must say, what really bonded them, what I, be I believe, was losing the 2008 finals to the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. Because Pau has said that he didn't really get the Lakers-Celtic kind of life or death, you yeah. know, page batch uh, <laughs> until he was in it in yeah. 2008. And that Celtic team, as we know, with the big three, they were on a mission. Yeah. Uh, you know, ball bounces a couple of ways, and maybe the Lakers could have eked that one out. But by the time they get to 2010 and they have the 2009 championship under their belt together, um, it was to take no prisoners, man. That they, it was you know, the mission was to beat the Celtics. So yeah. that's that's what they did. Love that. All right. Without any further ado, the first part of Legends of Sport Friday this week. It is Al Gasol. Uh, it's so great to see you, man. Um, great to see you. Thank you for joining me. And uh, Eugenia sends her love, of course. And we really, really appreciate it, man. Um, Always. I have to tell you that, um, first of all, welcome to the Legends of Sport podcast. Again, if you remember, you were a guest uh, very sure. early in the pandemic. And uh, we've come a long way. We're now ending season number six, which is pretty amazing, if you can believe Congratulations. that. Congratulations. Thank you, my friend. But, pal, you know, we have a, a million things we can talk about. I, I want to go back, though, to the, the amazing Jersey retirement that, that you did with the Lakers. Um, the Lakers did for you. But, then, you know, yeah. you achieved it. And, and can you take me through, first of all, when, when you were told, how were you told about that? Was it Linda or Jeannie or somebody? Yeah, I think uh, it was, I think probably it was just, uh, you know, uh, one of my visits to the city and, and I, I like to always stop by the office and say yeah. hi and, and take time and, and, uh, and talk to, talk to Linda, talk to Jeannie, talk mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, just the whole, the whole team there say hello and, and just sit down and catch up. And, 
talk about different things. And 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 one of the things uh, that that we've obviously we discussed and we talked about was uh, you know the Jersey retirement and mm-hmm. that it was that it was going to happen or they were thinking about making it happen this season. Uh, and that was probably a, a year and some a year before before mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah. So um, so yeah, we started talking and. Um, it's like okay, uh, and it was starting to come little by little more of a reality. Um, you know, it's still for me hard to believe, um, yeah. but yeah. Uh, but yeah, very exciting to to have those conversations and and put your, put myself in those in that moment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, was there it was an, a moment of reflection for you? Like, was it like you know going back to when you first started playing basketball? Was it as profound as that? Is that this is where the journey has taken me? Like. I'm going to be memorialized on the wall there forever. Um, these greats of Laker history. And then, you know, of course, we're, we're looking forward to the Hall of Fame. It's going to happen in a couple of months. Um, same thing. I mean, I know how humble you are, and I know how you don't like to take credit for a lot of things that, that you've accomplished, um, or you, you're very humble about those accomplishments. But in, in personal moments of reflection, you know, how did you feel about it? Did you feel like, you know, wow, I I really accomplished something here? Yeah, I mean, you do you do have a sense of of the, the magnitude of the moment mm-hmm. and how special and exceptional that is, uh, and it it really was overwhelming, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just to think about it, yeah. uh, just to think that my my journey. Um, that I was so lucky to experience and, and get acknowledged to that to that degree um, uh, within the Lakers organization uh, with the Laker greats um, and, and to me the, the the concept of being kind of immortalized you know mm-hmm. as we are mortals yeah. and our time in, in this uh, planet Earth is limited yeah. and we never know it's going to come to an end but yeah. to be immortalized that's just something extremely humbling. Uh, and kind of powerful in a way as well. Uh, so both at the same time. So it was just, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, to me, it's still. I, I don't know if I deserve this honor. I don't know if I deserve, you know, so much love and, and the accolades and the and recognition. You do, you know, something that you love for so long, and you try to do it to the best of your ability. You try to maximize that window, that chapter of your journey with incredible individuals along the way otherwise it wouldn't happen uh and um you know and then this is a, kind of the consequence of it uh it's not it's not what you intended to accomplish that i couldn't even dream of uh, sure. as a kid as a kid to to have oh, I want my jersey to one day be retired with the laker greats i'm like mm-hmm. what that, that doesn't that doesn't even <laughs> sound right when you say it or or, uh, i wanted to play in the nba i wanted to play with the best players in the world i wanted to become one of the best players in the world my journey took me to different stops um Mm -hmm. and put me with great people like i said along the way that things kind of came together you know Mm -hmm. and and when you when you put in put in the work and you work harder with whatever it is that you you're trying to trying to accomplish or you're trying to dedicate your life to you know, usually, you know, good things happen. So, mm-hmm. um, so this is just uh, obviously something so incredible yeah. uh, and so powerful. Now, I just yeah. remember 
just emotionally being just in such a high um, throughout the, the, the days and weeks leading up to it. But then the moment itself, it was just so surreal. You know, you're like in a cloud. You were like yeah. elevated in a cloud. <laughs> and you don't know what's happening, but you're, you're just in it. You know, yeah. kind of like, you know, in games that I've been a part of, you're just in it. You just yeah. try to not to think too much about the surroundings and what, what else is happening around you or the, you know, the magnitude of, of, of everything else. Just, uh, just taking it in, sharing it with your loved ones, appreciating, um, you know, that's, that's, to me, that's the most important. You know, it really struck me among, amongst other things. And thank you for um, asking me and my crew to sort of do a behind the scenes documentary of, of what was going on. It was super special for me to yeah. do that. Kind of the end cap of, of our sort of professional relationship, you know. Um, but what struck me the most was, I mean, of course, your humility, but also your your gratitude and and you know, being able, like you just said, to thank everybody who helped along the way, who helped make this happen. And, you know, I'm I'm just going back. I was watching a bunch of videos and stuff to prepare. And I'm going back to 2008 when, you know, you were traded. And mm -hmm. did you feel at that point, like, this is going to be a rebirth for me? This is, I kind of reached yeah. a plateau in Memphis. You know, you had a fantastic career in Memphis, of course, Rookie of the Year and, and some great years there. But you probably had gotten as high as you could get there, right? So when you came mm -hmm. to LA, and we all know the whole story about, you know, how this came together. But um, you know, how did you view that yourself? Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely got almost. I felt rejuvenated. Mm -hmm. I felt re-energized. I felt like I was given a, a, a very special, unique opportunity, um, you know, to to be a part of something special you know yeah. and uh, like everything else everything is it's really about timing right and 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 being prepared to take advantage of that moment uh and that opportunity so i didn't choose to be or get traded to the lakers Ooh. i had nothing to do with it uh but it happened that way and uh, i gave my all you know in the first chapter uh, in, in memphis there were so many factors that are, uh, per usual, out of your control. Uh, yeah. So the franchise continues. Or so after some really good years and competitive years, we go through a restructure, remodel, rebuild, mm -hmm. potential sale of the team. All that is in play, and all of a sudden you have played six, six plus years in within that that mm -hmm. that, that franchise. But your time and your clock is ticking. Mm -hmm. So you're like. I'm ready for that next, for that next challenge, that next level. And all of a sudden you find yourself like, okay, boom, you're with the Lakers. You're playing with one of the uh, uh, best players of all time, with the best coach of all time, with a great teammates in the greatest franchise of all time. And yeah. here you are, you're the missing piece. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I'm, yeah. this is what you kind of be waiting waiting for right that opportunity that moment and and then at that point it's kind of up to you just to to really do everything in, in your power to to do your part uh, to the best of your ability to um, to do whatever the team needs in order to to reach that ultimate goal which was to win championships 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, we know that uh, one of the ones that Kobe hated the most was potential. Like when people said, oh, he's reached his potential, or I feel I've reached right. my potential. Like that word didn't exist in his vocabulary because right. potential right. Is, is limiting. And mm -hmm. when you came to the Lakers from, from day one, you were challenged to put all that aside, you know, what people, other people might have thought, you might have thought, and mm -hmm. really see firsthand with him and you say, Phil and your other teammates, you know, what that next level could be. Um, mm -hmm. Was there ever any doubt that you could, that you could attain that? You could go higher than, I always call it like the sixth gear of life. Like you just go that a higher gear than most people are not capable of doing. Well, there's no, I mean, I was always, uh, I always felt that, um, you know, never set any limitations to what you can accomplish. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just, just put in the work, just, just push yourself, just surround yourself with other great um, professionals, minds, individuals that they can, they can push you, they can hold you accountable, they can elevate you, you can elevate them. Um, and, and that's how you accomplish things that you could have never thought of, mm -hmm. right? If you set yourself, oh, this, well, this is, this is great, or I'm already in the NBA, or I'm already being an all-star, or, you know, I'm already scoring 20 points a game, you know, what else, you know, this is, this is as good as I can be. Well, then that's when you start declining. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when you're, you know, you're putting yourself, you're putting a, a top to what you can do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, to me being, you know, lending uh, and joining the team and, and having Kobe just, you know, just told me, and that's what leadership is about, right? Or great leadership is about. He said, hey, let's go win a championship right here, right now. We're not, we're not talking about next season. Yeah. yeah. Right here, right now, in February. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We didn't even look at the standings. You know, the team was six, I think, at the time. We didn't look at anything. We just go out there. Let's just be the best team. Let's go win a championship right now. So then that change of mindset, change your conviction, your yeah. confidence level, your determination. And it's like, we're going to go out there. We're going to be try to be the best team on the court every single night and give ourselves a chance to win a title. And, uh, you know, and quickly things kind of came together uh, and, uh, and we got our, we gave ourselves a chance. You know, we, we felt, we felt sure that first year around um but that was part of our process and journey in order to get the next the next two yeah. and um you know who knows what would have happened again if you get the old weight to see what happens in 09 and 10. Yeah. so uh again um you know having that 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 clear leadership from 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 cope uh from my teammates from from the coach and the coaching staff it was just uh it was it was key for me to flip the switch mm -hmm. i said okay this is, this is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. Yeah. So you guys went up against the Celtics in 08. They were probably, uh, I, I don't want to say destined, but, you know, with the big three and all that. And mm -hmm. I remember just how incredibly physical that series was, especially with you and KG. I mean, it was just <laughs> off the chart. And you guys fall short in that series. Um, mm -hmm. You know, of course, we all know that Kobe – was fam famously said that he would never retire until he beat the Celtics at the finals. You win in 09, which was unbelievable, but then you get you get them again in 2010. By that point, pal, let me ask you something. Did, did the Lakers-Celtic rivalry that's decades long, right, mm -hmm. it's embedded in, in both cities, both franchises, sure. did that, like, sink into you by that point? Like, Yeah, I think it sank in more at that time than it did 
before when yeah. I was just like, I feel like in 08, I was just kind of trying to absorb everything as quickly as I could. Mm-hmm. You know, everything I was kind of feeling like I was playing a little catch up, you yeah. know, um, but at the same time, try to perform and try to, you know, do my very best as I was figuring things out. Yeah. Um, but in, in 10, 2010, now I was more obviously having the experience of, of having lost in, in 08 against the Celtics. So that that's already, you don't hear about the history or the past or the pre- previous battles. Now you actually have some history yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you're more aware of those, those also matchups during the regular season. Um, you feel it more. Now you're more present, you're more established. Um, so, so now you get a, a bigger sense that you are part of that legacy. Mm-hmm. And it's up to you. And you have a, a say on how that history is played mm-hmm. and what is going to be written mm-hmm. uh, about you and your team yeah. and the outcome of that. All right, let's leave it there for now. Another amazing conversation right here on Legends of Sport Friday on the Rashmore Clancy Show presented by the Sporting Tribune. As I mentioned before, Pau Gasol, one of my all-time favorites and just really enjoying this conversation. Uh, so again, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, more Legends of Sport Friday, this week's edition with Lakers legend, Hall of Famer, Pau Gasol. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bat in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii call our hotline 310-400-0340. It is Friday, Legends of Sport Friday with Andy Bernstein. And again, we have one of our all-time favorites as a guest this week, Pau Gasol. And as I was hearing it and was going to commercial break, I, I, I just wanted to hear more of it. I know there's a lot of folks out there feeling the same way. How can they hear this entire conversation? Well, there's a few ways you can find it, but the best way to do it is to go to uh, either iHeart, Apple, Spotify, your favorite podcast platform, look for the, or search for the Legends of Sport podcast. You will see uh, right there, you'll be able to download um, the Pau Gasol podcast as well as every podcast we've done over the last six seasons. Um, also, our YouTube channel, Legends of Sport, and uh, our website, legendsofsport.net. Um, has all things Legends of Sport, so podcast is part of that. 
I must say, Arash, that we uh, are ending season six, um, 41 episodes, by the way, of season six. It goes back to September um, with a really, really great conversation with a fantastic athlete and person, human being, um, Pal Gasol. So really happy to be going on a little bit of a hiatus here before we start season seven with this fantastic interview with this wonderful guy. You touched on it in the first segment, but the connection he has with Kobe Bryant, it has been really touching and um, hard to not get emotional when you see the connection Power has now with Vanessa Bryant and his and his daughters. And then when he got his jersey retired, there was this amazing clip where Kobe said, one day Powell will get his jersey retired right next to mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just really touched how that A, he said that, and B, that, that Kobe was not there to share in that moment. Uh, again, the connection that they have, it, it went beyond being teammates, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, they, they you know, they, look, Kobe was um, a complicated guy. Um, he also was, um, you know, very tunnel focused on his craft and, and he didn't let a lot of people in. Um and Pau is one of those people that, that he did let in, you know, in, in a way. Um, and when Kobe, you know, so tragically died with Gigi, um, Pau became Vanessa's, you know, he, he, he calls her his, his little sister, you know, he, uh-huh. he, uh, he cares for her. He cares for her girls. He's part of their lives. He and Kat, his wife, and now they're two kids. Um, and this, this is done out of, love for Kobe and Gigi, but also deep love for Vanessa and the girls. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing um, to see that, to see that she has somebody, you know, a pal's incredible nature that she can, you know, depend on, call on, and that the girls truly have, have a great uncle and aunt now in, in Pow and Cat. So um, it warms all of our hearts to see that. You mentioned that Powell's going into the Hall of Fame. Um, what what has changed? You know, because you you've been to the Hall of Fame for years, but when you get inducted yourself, what is that trip back there now as someone who's in that great um, Hall of Fame? Well, for me, it was an unbelievable thing, Arash. I mean, in 2018, you know, I, I very, um, I mean, humbly accepted the Kurt Gowdy Award for media only the second photographer to get that award. It's kind of a step under enshrinement because um, I never played the game. Um, and that was crazy because most of the time I'm the guy shooting the guy accepting the award, you know, so yeah. that was a little bizarre. Um, and I, I love going to the Hall of Fame. I love seeing these athletes, um, male and female, that I have either photographed their whole career or I've learned about if they're older, like Spencer Haywood, people like that. You know, um, you know, I, I was just texting with Sue Bird the other day after they retired her jersey. I said, well, I guess next stop is, is Springfield and I'll be there. I'll see you there, you know. Um, so for Powell, it's it's the culmination of, of a tremendous career. You know, all of us basically know his NBA career, but we're not that familiar with his international yeah. excellence and, and what he accomplished on the international stage professionally as well as with his Spanish national team, guy went to five Olympic games, you know, 
he he literally willed himself back um, during the pandemic with you know terrible foot injury, so that he could play in that in the Tokyo Games in 2021, um, which he did. And he's a very determined guy. Um, and the only other thing that I think people don't really realize now that the league is comprised mostly, you know, well, not the league has what, almost 35, 40% international wow. players, um, is that Pat was part of that, that invasion, that European invasion. Mm -hmm. he, he wasn't the first, I mean, obviously, but he was the only a second Spanish player. And I think that, continued the floodgates has started to open you know with um petrovic and marcellonis and vladi and people like that but i think once pow established himself in the league um you know that opened the door for tony parker and boris diao and and of course you know then we saw yao come in into right. the league and now you know Giannis and, and Jokic and you know, the top echelon, really, of our sport, Dantich, I mean, yeah. it's really incredible to see how that's happened. And and I said earlier that he's a humble guy. He doesn't take enough credit for that. And I yeah. tried to pin him down. <laughs> he, still, he still wouldn't do it. But um, a lot of us who have been close in, to the game, we really get it. And we, we saw that, that transition start, you know, really big time with him. Love it. All right, let's now go to the second part of your amazing conversation right here on Legends of Sport Friday. It's Pau Gasol. You're talking about going out on your own terms. You all saw Kobe do that. You know, Willis and Achilles in his 16th season, guy that accomplished everything, didn't have to come back, right? But as you know and I know and the world knows, there's no way he's going to let an injury define when he left the game. And you did the same thing. I mean, you, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of times, and he had a lot of times of self-doubt, like, could I ever come back? Am I going to even be effective? But you just did it, right? Because mm -hmm. you know, it was completing the circle, as you say. Yeah. yeah. That was one part of his legacy and that I keep with me. It's just never giving up, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, our book, the Mama Mentality book, is, is a thread is to his, you know, from his words, he was so gracious to write the forward to that book. Um, and that continues to be the thread with the fans. Um, in terms of, in terms of legacy, um, just one or two things, pal, for, for yourself, what you got from him that you're going to cat what you're going to carry on from his legacy, but what's your legacy going to be? I mean, uh, my legacy, um, uh, you know, I just try to, you know, kind of lift my imprint. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I think you have to start also with your family and with your children. Mm -hmm. uh, even though when you have a platform and you've accomplished quite a bit and you can have a, a, a bigger or much broader impact, and I, and I try to do that through you know different philanthropic efforts through obviously our foundation, the Gasol Foundation, and and everything that I try to do also in the sports world within different organizations. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's, um, you know, it's really continuing to be who you are, continue to have that learning mindset, continue to have ambitious goals, uh, continue to not setting any limitations to what you can do, um, continue to dream big and, and follow your heart and passion, really, right? Um, so, hey, if I want to be a part of the change in the world of sports, you know, that's what I'm going to do. If I want to make sure that, you know, women and men have the same opportunities and conditions 
um, in order to follow their dreams uh, in sports and other fields, that's what I would do. If I want to make sure that children grow up healthier and with, uh, you know, the same opportunities, um, independently of, of what um, neighborhood or country um, they, they, they come from or they live in, uh, understanding that there are um, some challenges there, but at the same time, you know, health and education are our rights, uh, yes. are, should be rights uh, for, and our rights, human rights for, for children. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to be able to provide that for them. But at the same time, seeing the trends of how society, uh, kids and, and adults are becoming less healthy, that technology is taking over, that um, artificial intelligence is going to make things a lot easier for, for all of us. But at the same time, that comes with challenges. And we have to be aware of those challenges and the repercussions of that. Mm-hmm. So we have to make sure that we, you know, that we exercise enough, that we're active enough, that we eat properly, that we understand what we're eating, um, that we sleep well, that we take care of our mental health. Um, and all those issues are kind of coming more to light uh, lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, but we need to work with our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and make sure that we're aware of, of all these challenges, uh, that we are proactive as far as empowering them and giving them a better chance, and that we emphasize the right things, and that we lead by example, right? because they absorb everything that is in their environment. So we have to create these healthier environments mm-hmm. in our societies. Uh, so that's, that's kind of what I, my legacy yeah. You know, uh, in a nutshell, <laughs> I wasn't a nutshell, but that's pretty what I wanted to be, you know, you know, maximize, maximize your time, yeah. maximize your opportunity. You know, I, I feel like I've been given a, a great opportunity and the more recognition, the more acknowledgements uh, that you get, the more successful you become, the higher the responsibility should be. And yeah. it feels to me. Because yeah. that, what does that amount to? What does that translate to? Um, just like just to just to have on a wall or at home and feel good about for for time or yeah. no, it has to translate to something bigger. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I go back to the 2013 book that you did with our good friend Lori Scheffler, mm-hmm. which you know we love Lori. Um, Life Leader was the name of the book, and, and you know you talk about at the end about you know. I built a legacy and a life that I was proud of that I made a difference. I mean, that's what it's really all about. That's, so, and that's what, uh, making a difference, right? I mean, that's yeah. what also Jackie Robinson said in his epitaph and his, uh, you know, his life, life should be measured on how many lives have you been able to impact. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. and that's what I want. I want to impact lives. I want to make a difference on, on, on people's lives, uh, mm-hmm. inspire them um, with the right values with the right opportunities um, mm-hmm. so they can have an impactful life and yeah. they can inspire others and they can touch others and they can make a difference and and ultimately hopefully we'll have a better world because of it yeah i, I mean i don't know how if, if you've thought this far ahead of it but you know the message you're sending your own children about that is mm-hmm. it's just so crucial and critical you know we lead right. by example you said that in our own house we have to lead by example that's exactly. how they learn and, you know, I'm just thinking back with Kobe, you know, the young Kobe obsessed 24-7 with basketball, lived, breathed it, you know, we all know the legendary stories about about him coming out of high school and the whole thing. But then when he, I saw like a physical, emotional change in him when he became first a husband, then a father, 
right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was still, you know, he still wore the Mamba cape, you know, but we, I literally, when he would cross that threshold out of the Laker locker room and Vanessa and the girls were waiting for him, they put the cape away and he became daddy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and what to me is as a father too, my kids are a little older. It, it really struck me that you can, you can put it away. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I was also obsessed with my crab. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he and I bonded, you know? Um, did he, what did he teach you about fatherhood or, and, and you've had a great role model in your own father, of course, and mm. a father figure, but did you guys have conversations about mm. that, about being a father and what the responsibilities are? You know, I think we, we didn't talk, uh, much about, you know, that type of personal stuff, mm. while, especially while we played together. We talked yeah. more after, after mm. I left and, and, and after yeah. even who retired and stuff Mm -hmm. but to me the biggest kind of uh, show and of 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 how good of a father he was and you know and it's it's really his children and vanessa's uh and kobe's daughters uh because they're so they're so amazing they're so kind they're so sweet they're so thoughtful so loving they're so smart so it's um, you know, that's kind of the biggest me attribute and the biggest, you know, um, sign of, uh, of, you know, how much have you contributed and impacted your family. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, uh, you know, it's something that you see and you perceive. So even though COVID, you know, didn't open up that part of his life, let's say very much mm-hmm. to, to his, you know, to his teammates, to his professionals surrounding or, or even, you know, he didn't have many friendships like that you know but i the, the time that i went over to his house actually it was the first time was when he tore his achilles and i wanted to see how he was doing and he rehabbing and and, and so forth when he was still in the, in the scooter with yeah. uh you know just recently just happened so um yeah. you know that's where you see and you perceive things and just, oh this is a, this is an incredible part of you that i haven't really seen and then we had a, a dinner also together for his documentary, uh, I think it was Muse. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had dinner with Vanessa and Natalia and Gigi. Yeah. And, and, you know, you see things there that are, this is also, this is also even, I mean, the, the, what you do on the court and what you accomplish mm-hmm. on the, the basketball court and, and sports, and it's incredible, right? It's super exceptional. But this is really important. And you haven't lost sight of this. Because yeah. if you fail at this, yeah. the rest, it's, it's, it's irrelevant, right? Yeah. So that's why I also started when you t- asked me about legacy. Yeah. You got to start with your own household. You got to start with your own children. If, you, if, you, if you're impacting millions of lives, but your children, they don't turn out to be who you want them to be or what they could have been uh, because you weren't as present or you didn't provide or you didn't give it the the, the importance in the uh, that that it has, um, then then you fail, kind of thing. You know, you feel that that, that can really hunt you. Uh, yeah. you can't go back. You know, time yeah. time flies, and they grow up so fast. So, for him to have accomplished a testament to Vanessa and how great of a mother yeah. he is to those to those kids, but um, you know, really, you know, uh, that's what it's very impressive. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that was so well said. Thank you. Um, and you and Kat and your kids have been such great friends and uh, to Vanessa and the girls and will continue to be. I, I know that's 
you know, ingrained in you and will be forever. Um, I can imagine how grateful she is. She, she has to be to know that you can, you know, turn to you. I mean, at any time, uh, and which is wonderful, man. Um, pal, you know, to go on and on, man, I, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time, always being so gracious and wonderful and, and a great subject for camera for all those years. <laughs> thank you, man. You are too, Andy. You're, you're amazing, Andy. Well, I love it. You're an example of, you know, again, of not setting any limitations where you can do. You've uh, probably the best sports, not just basketball, but sports photographer uh, yeah. of all time or one of the best of all time. Now that I've met all of them or I've seen all their work, but I, I know that you are. And, and you said, hey, I'm also going to do a podcast. I'm also going to help write books. I'm also going to, you know, yeah. and, and you've done, you're an inspiration uh, to many. Uh, so thank you, and I'm lucky to call you a friend. Well, thank you, my friend. And we, look, we're on the same page, man. I mean, talking yeah. about legacy and transition, and the whole mission of Legends of Sport is really to help those who might, that may need a little help um, post retirement. And you know, you setting the bar and being an example of that, and, and having your message come out to our listeners and viewers is you know is, is super important to me, and it's you yeah. know it's great. Thank you. Um, Plus, and that's one of the things that I, I want to continue to do, you know, is yeah. continue to uh, help those those athletes, current and former athletes and future athletes mm-hmm. uh, to prepare for what's going to be the biggest, biggest chapter of their lives. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be their sporting career. It's going mm-hmm. to be the, the after, yes. you know, and, and how they handle things prior, during, uh, and they prepare themselves for that bigger part of their life is going to be critical. Um, yeah. And we see too many, too many athletes just struggle mm-hmm. too much, um, tragically even um, after. And um, so it's 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 important for for them to understand, um, you know, that they have to prepare. That they don't have to take things for granted. That they have to educate themselves. That they have to be financially aware. That they yeah. have to really also be on top of and, and educate their their families and surroundings. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they also get carried away with the flash yeah. uh, and the lifestyle. And uh, so, um, so yeah, it's, a, it's a, lot, a lot of work to be done. All right, that's it for another amazing edition of Legends of Sport Friday right here on the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune, one of my all-time favorites this week, Lakers legend Pau Gasol, who's going into the Hall of Fame uh, just an amazing conversation. Uh, genuinely one of the nicest athletes you'll ever want to meet. And hopefully you got a glimpse of that during the conversation this week on Legends of Sport Friday. So that's all the time we have for the show today. Until next week, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.